All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Scoreboard. And we have had a lot of action. It is over. It is over. The USC men's basketball team is out of the March Madness tournament, but they made it to the Elite Eight. So we will have a lot to unpack in that sense. And USC spring ball is starting up. So that means the start of football season is closer to being just around the corner. And today I have with me just Eli Kleiman. We're going to be chopping it up. We're going to be giving our takes and you're going to hear it all raw, unfiltered, uncut. It's going to be a good time. So Eli, first off, man, what is this USC basketball team's legacy? Uh, a solid team with an excellent March Madness run following an inconsistent regular season. I mean, that, that's what we have to, that's, that's what it is. I mean, this team was by no means consistent over the regular season. They lost games they shouldn't have. They won games when they didn't really play all that well, but they had a solid regular season. They came in second in the Pac-12, and then they had a great March Madness run. They beat Kansas. I mean, forget Drake, because Drake is a, an opponent that I think many people expected USC to beat. But Kansas, they beat them by 34 points, had one of their best performances of the season, probably their best performance of the season. And then they come back and kind of repeated what they did to Oregon the first time. They beat them by 14, a very strong first half, second half, a little less so, but you know, good enough to hold on to the job. And then they got exposed by the best team in the country. I mean, USC was a bound to come back to earth eventually. I mean, you can't really sustain shooting 60% from the field and from three point range over a long stretch of time. So they were bound to come back to earth. Gonzaga exploited USC's weaknesses. It's ball handling and rebounding and Gonzaga took advantage. They were all over the offensive glass and they forced a lot of turnovers early led to fast break points, which is what Gonzaga is good at. And, brought USC season to an end, but it was a good season. It just, it, I, I don't think we can say that what happened in March madness was their whole season because it wasn't their whole season. It was the end and it was a great end, but we have to look back at the whole season and look at, they were inconsistent at times. Understood. Understood. Eli, I, I always appreciate you bringing us down to earth because for me, I'm, I'm still riding pretty high about it overall. Uh, I think it was a really great season for them. I think always you're going to have inconsistencies in the regular season, but at the end of the day, you know, we generally remember the playoff run. College is a shortened season, so you can look at it one of two ways, really. You can say that the playoffs are more important because it's shorter but you can also say the regular season is more important than this one and done era because some guys have that shortened career. So I think that's a very interesting angle to look at it from to me overall, though, the legacy lies with the Mobleys, the father on the team, Isaiah and Evan, Evan being a unicorn. And I think this team's legacy will only grow as time goes on. Uh, I think we have a lot of recency bias. I think there's a bit of a salty taste that they lost, but overall, I think the fact that this USC team made it to the Elite Eight for the first time since before Evan Mobley was born. 20 years ago was the last time they made the Elite Eight. So I think in that sense, 
you've got to at least look at them as one of the absolute, if not the absolute best team of the millennium. I think you look at the Taj ED shot with UCLA. Um, I think you look at how many well-rounded players they had as far as, you know, Drew Peterson on there as well, Ethan Anderson. So, you know, Eli, what I'd love to hear from you, man, is where does this USC basketball team go from here and what's your forecast overall for next year what do you like who do you see returning big pieces differences so i think i think it's inevitable and you may disagree with this at least that's what it seems like after after the game against gonzaga when i was watching the instagram live but i think it's inevitable usc takes a step back i mean you're losing evan mobley i mean that that's first and foremost and while he wasn't exactly you know, putting up 25 points a game, obviously his impact was huge on the team. He was the team's best player. So that's going to be a huge loss. I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah Mobley heads to the league at this point. I mean, he came here to play with his brother. He did that. And while his season may have been somewhat underwhelming for the majority of it, the way he played March Madness proves to me, and I think probably NBA scouts and general managers, that, yeah, he's a project, but he could develop because he can shoot the three. He can dribble with the ball. He needs to work a little bit finishing inside. That's certainly not one of his strengths at the moment. He, he has trouble finishing around the rim, but he's a great interior defender. So, sure, I would pick him in the second round. I think there's a lot of potential in him. You know, he was a top recruit coming out of high school. So I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves. I think a bunch of players, a bunch of the seniors will leave, even though they have the chance, I think. Taji did mention at one point that this was one final ride. So I think we're going to see a lot of turnover for this team. It'll be interesting to see who steps up, but don't be surprised if Andy Enfield goes back into the transfer portal, picks up a bunch of players to form around this team. And they're a solid team, maybe even an NCAA tournament team next season. Just don't expect them to be back in the elite eight. Cause I think that's a little too high of an expectation for next season, especially when you lose one of the top prospects in the country. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very high on Kobe Johnson coming in, but overall, I completely understand what you're saying here because I want to be optimistic about this team because they just did so well. It's amazing. They made it to the elite eight. Uh, USC has always been, you know, a Trojan football school as I'm wearing my Trojan football shirt as we speak and just wrote a Trojan football article for wearesc.com. But what I loved about this run was that, it made them feel like a basketball school, not just a football school. And, and I think that's a large part of their legacy is how they affected the overall culture of the school and the sports landscape here and, and how important sports are at USC. So I think that's really good. As far as next year, though, I, you know, I hope some guys return. Really hope Ethan Anderson comes back. I think there's a lot of raw potential there, as well as Max Ag Polo. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential there as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I also gained a lot of faith in Andy Enfield as a coach this year, and I'd like to see him develop and improve. And as you said, explore those transfer portals, get the right players to surround the team. And that's part of why I have faith in this team. Evan Mobley was a unicorn. He was really special, and it's tough to eradicate that loss. But, but Kobe Johnson's a special player. I, I think he's going to do a lot more for USC than people expect. 
And I think coach Andy Enfield is really gaining his stride as well. Uh, you know, we just saw Roy Williams retire from coaching college for UNC today and what an incredible run he had. But, but as I've stated, you know, coach Roy Williams and coach K on Duke, they show how important coaching really is in college. And that is why I hope that Enfield Enfield actually might be the most important returning player uh, because it, it really rests with him to put the right personnel in place and then leave it up to them to know that they're going to work hard and lead this team back to a place of respectability. But Evan Mobley will most certainly be missed. Uh, what a fun time watching him this season. USC's very first unicorn type player. Let's get real. He's one and done. He's on his way to the NBA. And so now that it's over, Eli, I want to hear, first of all, you know, is Evan Mobley the greatest Trojan basketball player of all time? Did he have the greatest season of all time? And overall, what will be your lasting legacy and impression of him as a Trojan? So real quick, just on Andy Enfield, because I think that's an interesting discussion. Andy Enfield's been great at building this program. He's been great at putting players in the right positions. Recruiting, he's done well. Transfer portal, he's done well. The one thing he needs to work on is his in-game coaching. When USC is struggling, when USC is can't figure out what to do right, when a team knows how to exploit their weaknesses, they have really struggled to adjust. And they have struggled to beat teams and make adjustments when they play a team a second time. Look at Colorado now. They've lost, what, seven straight times? I mean, there is need for a little bit more in-game adjustments, a little bit better offensively i think the defense is fine i think the defense is really good there just need just needs to be a little bit better offensive maybe play calling or offensive schemes to help get the trojans to score because over the last two years the, both teams would be tournament teams but both teams have been defensive teams first and they have struggled yeah. somewhat offensively but on evan mobley i think that's an interesting question you raised i don't think you can call him the greatest player of all time i think he's one of the greats i think He's one of the greats along with someone like O.J. Mayo, who was an excellent Trojan. Someone like Sam Clancy, who led USC all the way to the Elite Eight as well 20 years ago. And then a player that many people, some USC fans might not even know, but Paul Westfall, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year, I mean, he led the Trojans to a 24-2 and record. And the only reason we don't hear about this team is because the pack it was the Pac-8 back then only was a one-bid league. And UCLA, unfortunately, was an undefeated national championship that year. But USC lost to UCLA that year by four points and, a, and nine points, respectively. So that was an excellent USC team. Those players that led that team, those teams were excellent. Evan Mobley ranks right up there. He is with those at the top, but I don't know. I don't think he put himself over the edge. I think a great March Madness performance or run would have done that, but he didn't score 26. And I'm not saying that's who he is. I understand that's not who he is, but he scored 10 points and 10 points against Kansas and Oregon. And then he put up 17 against Gonzaga, but he put up four points in the last three minutes when the game was clearly over. So it was closer to 13 points when it really mattered. 
he just didn't do enough to put himself above everyone else, but I think he's right there with everyone else. That's awesome. And, and for you, Eli, I think that's actually a pretty optimistic look. So I'll, I'll take that for sure. Um, you know, to me personally, it's, it's tough, but I think he is the greatest Trojan of all time. I definitely would have liked to see him score more those virtuoso performances. I said it on the podcast, you know, that he needed to have those big time clutch plays and, not only did he not do it, but in the Pac-12 tournament, there was a moment where at the end of the game, he was near half court. We know Evan can pull up from deep and he passed the ball and it didn't go well. And I, I would have loved to see him take that shot. I, I think that would have been really interesting. But to me personally, it, it's the fact that they got to the elite eight with him leading the team. He didn't contribute exactly statistically on the way that we like, but you know, I think overall, you can't just look at the numbers and statistics, it's his presence on the court. It's his spacing on the floor. It's his ability to run coast to coast. It's the fact that he can move the ball within the offense. It's his, his he's a defensive monster. He just being there and rim protecting. He's unbelievable. The scoring output wasn't there, but he sort of let everyone else have their shine as well. But he definitely needed to be more aggressive in that final game in particular and take over. Uh, to me, though, you know, DeMar averaging 13.9 points and Evan averaging, I believe, 16.1. The fact that Evan wins all three awards in college, freshman of the year, player of the year, defensive player of the year for the first time since Anthony Davis in 2012 in nine years. Um, I think that's unbelievably impressive. And to me, it, it makes him the greatest Trojan of all time because of the one and done era in, in particular and the fact that one season matters so much more. And so it's tough to compare eras, but but to me, he is the greatest Trojan of all time. I think, see, the one thing I think is that Evan Mobley may have been the defensive anchor, but I wouldn't exactly have called him the leader in this NCAA tournament. I mean, if we're going to be truthful about it, and it's not exactly a surprise, he's a player with more experience. I think it's his brother, Isaiah, who was the leader throughout the tournament. I mean, he was USC's leading scorer throughout this tournament he had he performed both outside when he needed to hitting four threes against kansas and then against oregon he was able to finish around the rim against smaller defenders he led the team both points and rebounds against gonzaga as well so i think isaiah was the reason they made it as far as they did just because we hadn't seen those performances from him all season i think evan 10 points in two consecutive games was what he needed to do. But it was Isaiah who was able to play out of his best when the Trojans needed him to. And so I think while Evan, Evan was certainly the best player on the team night in and night out, he is the most talented player to ever come to USC. I think that's for sure. I mean, when else do we seen a seven footer who can dribble and play as well defensively as Evan Mobley has, but I, I do think, the ex he fell slightly short of the expectations in March Madness. And well, I don't think even if he had put up a career high against Gonzaga, USC would have won. It would have been nice to see him do a little bit more. I mean, Drew Timmy certainly looked like the best center on that court yeah. on, on Tuesday. And that's disappointing because Evan Mobley is going to be a top three pick and you expect him at least to make an impact defensively. And Drew Timmy really showed that 
you know, Evan Mobley does have some weaknesses. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward for Mobley, how he transitions to the league. He has a bright future, but certainly was not the finish to his college career, both with the final score and the final stat line that I think he probably wanted. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think those are some great points. And in particular, Isaiah Mobley, you know, he was balling out in the tournament. Let's not forget that he was balling out. And there were moments where I thought as well, like he's looking like the best Mobley on the court right now. He was absolutely killing it for sure. And that can't be overshadowed to me. It's just the overall legacy. It's, it's when you know who your best player is, that that's the way it goes. It's when they're a veteran, it's, it's sort of even like with the Lakers, how, Anthony Davis would have those really amazing games, but LeBron James is LeBron James. And so he was the leader. Evan Mobley is Evan Mobley. And so to me personally, he was the leader. Uh, what an amazing Trojan, what an amazing run by this team and, and so much fun to, to get to recap it. And uh, my, my slogan that I would sum up this team with is we are a basketball school too. I think that they really have impacted the culture and I hope that people don't just see the Trojans as, as a football team because uh, who made it just a little bit further this year, but let's get into that right now. We're in spring ball. Keaton Slovis is back and looking confident, no injuries. Uh, Eli, man, what, what are you thinking about this USC football Trojan team heading into the season? What's the biggest improvement that they need to make? And what's the biggest hole that they need to fill? So I think USC fans should be optimistic. I think there's a, a lot of talent returning, although there are some key losses, especially at the wide receiver position when you lose your top two wide receivers. That certainly is going to hurt. But I think there should be optimism around USC football this season. Uh, the, w- the improvement they need to make it is certainly in the run game. Uh, that's just, that, that's just, it's just simple as that. Keen Slovis was not great last year. He had his ups and his downs. Didn't always look like he was throwing the ball as crisply as he had his freshman season. So that'll be something interesting to watch, especially coming off another injury to his shoulder, which is what was happening last season. But with spring ball, expect Keen Slovis to be back at his best. But the run game, you need to balance a passing attack with a run game. It's just that simple. And USC could not run the ball at all last season. I mean, it just seemed like every time they just needed a yard, they couldn't get it. They would get stuffed at the line. Uh, maybe there was talk about maybe a read option would help solve some of that difficulty. Now that you have a couple capable backups in two four-star freshmen coming in, Maybe you're more comfortable letting Keaton run with his legs a little bit more, but you definitely need to develop a run game, which is where the biggest hole comes in. It's offensive line. USC lost Elijah Vera Tucker. That's a big loss on the offensive line. They don't really have anyone to fill that tackle position. So USC is going to have to be wary of protecting Keaton Slovis, but they need to work on the offensive line's run blocking. Because like I said, Running starts at the offensive line. It starts in the trenches. And if USC can't open a hole, I don't care who your running back is. You're not going very far. So that's going to be the key. They did hire a new offensive line coach. He fits the system that USC runs more, which is the air raid system. It's not a system traditionally known for running the ball too well, but hopefully he can come in. He can figure out how to 
get better technique on run blocking. He's been great at developing talent. So that is exactly what USC needs right now. That's the biggest hole. Run, running the football successfully is the biggest improvement they need to make. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this Trojan team is going to be really interesting this year. I think COVID, not just the virus itself, but how it affected the schedule last year for the Trojans was a huge point. They had to do all their off-season work over Zoom. You got, you know, new offensive and defensive coordinator and Graham Harrell and Todd Orlando. I think that now they've had some time to adjust. They've had their first real off-season. I think we're going to see Trojan football back and better than ever. I love hearing how Keaton Slovis is doing uh, with his arm coming in. No injuries. He's rehabbed it. He worked with 3DQB, the same training system that trained Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan to come back back from injury so if you're working with the guys who helped tom brady improve his throwing motion then uh i think you're in some pretty good company to say the absolute least so i think for me you know the biggest hole they'll need to fill actually is that offensive line coach as you said keeping keaton slovis upright and from not being hit you know i was looking yesterday and what clay helton said in a press conference that one in every 17 throws keaton slovis was being sacked that is not good. That's not good at all. Keaton, Keaton Slovis is throwing the ball like 40 times a game sometime. That's just not good. And so they they really need to improve that. And they need to keep Keaton Slovis upright. And Helton said that two of the main priorities will be the running game and keeping Slovis upright. And so I think that those are the main areas. And they have a talented backfield. They really do, especially Stephen Carr, Vi. Like, come on, let's go. I want to see them do really, really well here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The run game, keeping Keaton Slovis upright are the two most important things, and I think they go hand-in-hand, hand, actually. I mean, right when you think about it, if you don't have a run game, then the def- defensive line, the pass rushers are just going to be coming straight for the quarterback. Forget the run game. They know they can slow it down. So it's going to be interesting to watch what happens. I mean, it's certainly you're right. It is a very talented backfield. They just brought in another great running back, a freshman. He's – very quick, fast, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe more of a speed threat. Keenan Kristen is also another speed threat. He's on the track team. So you're right. Run game, keeping Keenan Slopas healthy are going to be the two keys, especially because the defense took such a huge step forward last season. It seems like the defense is, defense is in a great place. The recruiting defensive prospects better than ever. So I think the questions are going to be about the offense and you know, where the offense goes this season is probably how far USC goes. That's fascinating for sure. Um, you know, this this is going to be a really exciting season overall for the Trojans. It's going to be an exciting football year. It's going to be an exciting basketball year. But once again, you know, shout out to the USC Trojans men's basketball team for making it to the Elite Eight, giving us all something to be excited about during the COVID year. And let's hope that we're all back on campus next year. Let's hope that we're all able to safely go and actually attend these games and be together and and fight on together. You know, I can't wait personally. I'm going to be back on campus uh, for sure, depending on, you know, based on how things are looking. So it's going to be great. It's going to be really great. And spring ball is here. Spring ball is here so there's something to get excited about that is all the time that we have today so thank you for checking out the scoreboard